We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. What up, my people? KJ Podcast, a Wednesday edition of the show. Hope everyone's March is going tremendously. You're happy in your life, your relationships, your job. Take half an hour here. Let's talk NFL football, specifically the San Francisco 49ers. If you are new to the KJ Podcast, I am a sports broadcaster, writer, content creator who's worked for the Cleveland Browns. KNBR in San Francisco. We do predictive NFL analysis. We talk about what's next. Richard Sherman, we're getting to that, of course. Introductory press conference Tuesday in Santa Clara, decked out in the red suit. But our main topic today is something that most general managers and head coaches in the league talk about quite a bit. It's not publicized. Their roster is ranked 1 through 53 in the NFL. It's not broadcasted around the facility. You know, most scouts probably don't even know what the head coach and GM are thinking, but somewhere written down, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have one through 53 at all times. It's a fluid discussion. How do we add better people to this roster? I'm going to go one through 20 today. We're going to count down top pieces right now on this 49ers roster discuss, rank, debate. Hopefully this will spark a lot on Twitter. 
I want to make it clear to my people, the faithful, before they start yelling at me on Twitter, this is not a projection list. I'm not saying Solomon Thomas is going to have a light bulb go off next season or that Trent Taylor is going to really blossom into a slot receiver that's unguardable with Jimmy Garoppolo. On the other end of the spectrum, I'm not saying Joe Staley is going to have a drop-off at 33 years old either. I'm judging based on the 2017 film if these players give that performance next season, what they did in December even, what does this asset list look like? Who's 1 through 20? You better believe Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are doing this before the NFL draft. You have to survey what's in the refrigerator, what meal can we cook, what strengths and weaknesses are the San Francisco 49ers. They have to be identified, and they will. Hopping right in, the number one asset, Jimmy Garoppolo, 5-0 and in December, torching the Jacksonville Jaguars, signs a five-year, $127.5 million extension that most around the league agreed was a fair contract number. You won't see NFL turnarounds as quickly as the 49ers flip the momentum. Not only is Jimmy Garoppolo the number one asset on this team, I have him delivering number two, Richard Sherman. Without Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think it's happening. You can talk about Kyle's incredible concepts and John Lynch is probably going to make the Hall of Fame one day and that's intriguing to Richard Sherman and so is the Bay Area. If Jimmy Garoppolo is the piece that isn't here, I think Richard Sherman ends up being a Detroit Lion or an Oakland Raider or even a Tampa Bay Buccaneer where they have Jameis Winston. Kyle could have said, we're going to draft the right quarterback, we're going to groom him correctly, but it was Jimmy Garoppolo that landed 25. What an electric introductory press conference. Obviously, I'm just viewing it through Twitter and on video, but you talk about someone commanding the room being a ball of contagious energy. When Richard Sherman speaks or even writes for the Players' Tribune, you listen to every word because it's impactful. So is Richard Sherman going to be the second best player on the field for the 49ers next year? Maybe not, but what he's going to bring to this football team, I have him as the second highest asset at 31 years old. I still think he's going to be a top 15 corner. I think... Next season, he's he shuts down half of his opponents. He gets beat in three or four games, and he's average in three or four games. And you're 100% taking that as we've got into. That's going to help the rest of this defense so much. I think the 49ers are going to play angry on defense, and I think Richard Sherman is going to be the reason why. He almost brings a Ray Lewis type of leadership quality to that locker room. I think Kyle and John Lynch actually hit a home run not getting a keep to leave and that Richard Sherman's a much better fit, obviously, for the scheme, but for this young team that needs a voice and a leader and he gets to set up his own new legacy in San Francisco. I think on the field, he's really going to live up to the hype and we're going to look back on the 2018 season and say Richard Sherman, home run signing by the 49ers. The third Biggest asset on the San Francisco 49ers roster right now. Not even close in my opinion. DeForest Buckner. Just turned 24 years old. A parting gift from Trent Baalke. 2016 first round draft pick. Is establishing himself as one of the premier interior pass rushers. Pass disruptors. Run stoppers. He was a great edge player in Jim O'Neill's scheme as a rookie. But I really feel like the fit up front in the middle 
I think a couple years from now, could he be on a Fletcher Cox level? Geno Atkins, Gerald McCoy once upon a time with the Buccaneers. Can he get to that level? Potentially in this scheme. DeForest Buckner, a building block. Who is going to need a major contract extension too? I'd almost rather that thing get done now than next season. I think DeForest Buckner is going to continue to shine and his numbers are probably going to get better. And that contract at the end of next offseason could be astronomical. So a contract extension for DeForest Buckner now could be more in the $40, $50 million range instead of $60, $70. And if I'm John Lynch, I'm starting to negotiate a little with his agent, say, we love this guy. Literally, we've got him as our third best player here. They wouldn't be that stupid to tell an agent that, but um, he's an asset that needs to be locked up. Interior pass rushing, I've tweeted about it. It's the new wave in the NFL. Edge pass rushing is being muted by quick screens, horizontal passing games. Von Miller is still an impactful player, but teams are scheming around him. Let's just get rid of the ball quickly. If you have interior pass rush, it creates more problems generally for a quarterback. DeForest Buckner, the third asset on the 49ers. Fourth is Joe Staley. He's 33 years old. Mentioned him at the top. Can he continue playing at this high level? My buddy, Mike Silver, is putting out the narrative that PFF is trash. And there are a lot of NFL people who think that way. But I still think PFF is worth bringing up. And they had Joe Staley as the second best tackle last season in Kyle Shanahan's scheme. You got to wonder if they are going to do that contract bump. There's been a couple discussions in public, I think on a radio interview, that, hey, are you going to take care of Joe Staley? He really is not making that much money. Joe Staley's cap hit, according to Spot Track, is going to be $7.6 million. He'll take home $5.4 million in cash. Doesn't seem like a ton for your best O-lineman. And one of the best O-linemen in the NFL. Listen, the run game goes a lot more to the right side. And it's a lot more about guards. But Joe Staley protecting Jimmy Garoppolo's blind side at 33. You hope you have two to three more years with him. But there has to be some type of secession plan. It's amazing though that he's been the most stable character throughout all the years of all this 49ers turmoil. Kind of similar to Joe Thomas in Cleveland. I'm not going to put him on that level yet. Not a Hall of Famer, but Joe Staley really been a stabilizing piece for so many years. That's a valuable asset to have on your roster. Number five, he was injured half of last season, but I have Pierre Garcon. You think Trent Taylor's been a third down monster? Wait till Garcon gets his hands on the football from Jimmy Garoppolo. Pierre was on pace for 80 receptions and 1,000 yards with C.J. Beathard and Brian Hoyer and just a terrible passing offense to start the season. That's how open he was getting on number one corners. I mean, Pierre Garçon was easily the best weapon last season. It's why you saw the 49ers not chase Allen Robinson, not chase Allen Hearns, not chase Sammy Watkins. They believe in Pierre Garçon It's one of Kyle Shanahan's favorite players of all time. Just his attitude, the way he can scheme him up. It's his prototypical, that Julio Jones type of role is what Pierre Garçon plays in this offense. How long can he do it at a high level? I think he's going to come in fresh and rested and he will hit that 80 reception over 1,000 yards next season. 
with Jimmy G. And I think he has a lot to prove because he definitely follows Twitter and saw 49ers fans wanting Allen Robinson. He's going to come out there and, and really show it out. Number six, he should be higher on this list. Just the most tumultuous offseason since Josh Gordon or really Alden Smith, Reuben Foster. Um, he, he should be number two on this list ahead of Richard Sherman had he stayed out of trouble. The impact he really made last season was in the run game. People don't realize how well the 49ers were defending the run, especially down the stretch as he got more comfortable in December. Ruben Foster really wasn't a huge playmaker either, just time to time making vicious hits, just being right there for stops, being in on the pile. He was becoming a very damn good football player. I think he'll be suspended anywhere between 8 and 10 games. NFL really going to send home a message not sure the holdup, I guess the legal process still going on. Richard Sherman hopefully is great for Reuben Foster. We really don't know. Six might be high for him on this list just on what you're counting for in 2018. Can he come back in November and still even make an impact? So pretty much a redshirt season for Reuben Foster if he's in trouble one more time in a serious manner that 49ers are not going to have a choice. Hey, you can't keep criminals on your football team so hard to have a positive discussion about Ruben Foster he is an asset though there's a reason the 49ers did not cut him if he's playing at a high level and on the football field him and DeForest Buckner see that this is your strength I'm gonna start tying all this together the middle of the field right now for the 49ers in that interior it is hard to run up the middle it's it's hard to do anything in the middle when two of those top assets are right there Number seven, I have Marquise Goodwin. And again, the reason the 49ers did not have to go out and get a receiver. This is a guy that was on pace for 1,300 yards when Jimmy Garoppolo was his quarterback. He's not just your deep threat anymore that he was with C.J. Beathard and Brian Hoyer. Underneath passing with Marquise Goodwin is a strength of this football team. He did win the Len Eshmon Award too. You talk about locker room character and the way the 49ers build this team Marquise Goodwin has helped bring some of these guys closer together and he's had some tough times in Buffalo and can can reach out and, and be that veteran guy. I have a lot of faith in his skill set. He's a smaller guy. He's had been nicked up previously in his career. If he's healthy, I do think he's one of the better second receivers in the league. He doesn't have the name recognition that everyone wants because of fantasy and things like that. Kyle Shanahan goes for these types of free agents that aren't the biggest names. I think Marquise Goodwin has over a thousand yards this upcoming season and he's the seventh best asset on the roster right now. Eight is the guy they just signed, Jarek McKinnon, nearly a thousand total yards from scrimmage last season with the Vikings. If this was a projected list, maybe he's ahead of Reuben Foster. Maybe he's six. Maybe he's right up there next to Pierre Garcon. But really, Jarek McKinnon, I know everyone's obsessed with the signing. You can pull up so many clips of him where it fits with Kyle Shanahan's, um, the way he does things. But Jarek McKinnon was not a superstar in Minnesota. He did not grab the reins. They drafted Dalvin Cook. They had Matt Asiata also up there. They've had Latavius Murray. To me, it's not a 100% slam dunk that he comes in here and he's Devontae Freeman or he's Tevin Coleman, whatever role that Kyle Shanahan really thinks works. Listen, I 
hype up Kyle as much as anyone. Um, I think Jarek McKinnon is going to be a damn good player, but is he going to transform this offense? Right now, I can't say for sure. I still think that he's a starting running back in the NFL and is probably the most explosive ball carrier on this roster. Could return kicks from time to time. They're going to just try and get him the ball. He's explosive. I just I've, I've seen so much positive coverage of him. I like the signing too. I'm just not dumping the Kool Aid on my head yet. I, people showed all those clips of Joe Williams last year too, and I get it. That this McKinnon's been in the NFL. I just want to tap the brakes a little bit with him and let's see what they also do in the draft. The ninth best asset right next to him, free agent signing center Weston Richburg. If he's Alex Mack and he comes in here and, and does that, he'll be top. Four on this list next season. If the projection Kyle made comes true, this guy has battled injuries. The Giants O-line as a unit has not been good. We all know how important a center is. There are some film cut-ups of Weston Richburg where he's not elite. So, guys, I'm not trying to temper expectations here, but your free agent signings aren't coming in here and being the top assets on this roster. I have Jarek McKinnon right next to Marquise Goodwin and Weston Richburg as your ninth best player. You hope that they exceed that. You're paying them quite a bit. And Kyle Shanahan admits you're overpaying for free agents. If it's Alex Mack and he transformed this offense and takes stuff off Jimmy Garoppolo's plate and there's a significant upgrade in the running game and you're gashing people up the middle, Weston Richburg, people might get his jersey. People will be so excited about him. Let's see if we get to that point. I've got to see it in this system. 10, Jaquiski Tart. His brief dominance, he got hurt, but it made Eric Reed expendable. 49ers are like, we have Tart. We don't really need Eric Reed anymore. That's kind of a big deal. I thought his the physical tone that he brought early in the season, he had one bad game against Carolina week one. He got burnt a couple times down the field, but other than that, his film was spectacular, and he did remind you of the Cam Chancellor really throwing himself around the line of scrimmage. He'll be due a contract extension too. He's got to stay healthy. This is his big chance. He's never been penciled in as a starter headed into the season. He is the strong safety on this football team right now. Jaquiski Tart has the talent to be an impact player. Can he stay on the football field? That is the biggest question mark with Jaquiski Tart. 11, this is where debates could start coming in because I could see you guys having him way higher on the list. Trent Brown, Kyle Shanahan has called him one of the best pass-protecting tackles he's ever seen. Big 360-pounder. He could get up to 370 sometimes. You don't know his weight because it's fluctuating that much during a season. He's a mammoth guy. He's like an underhanded relief pitcher in baseball. He's just one of these pieces that's most O-linemen are not like Trent Brown. I really don't think Trent Brown is the ideal right tackle for Kyle Shanahan because he's not explosive as a lineman in the run game and he's not quick enough getting out on these edge stretch plays, on these play-action bootlegs that make Kyle Shanahan's offense so effective. So ultimately, I don't know. I I don't know if Trent Brown is on this roster long-term. He is a valuable piece, and he's got a contract coming up, and he's coming off surgery. I think it's becoming clear the 49ers are going to draft a tackle. I don't know if it's third, fourth, fifth round. They're going to take a swing at a guy, just Joe Staley's 33, Trent Brown, his future up in the air. They could also sign him to a contract extension. 
I would have guessed wrong there, but I think they're more willing to move on from Trent Brown than most other people realize. 12 on this list, you're going to call me potentially crazy for this. I have Adrian Colbert, your starting free safety no matter what at 12. You pull up the film in December, especially against Houston, the big hit he had against the LA Rams. He understands this position to me at a high level for a rookie that came in as a seventh-round pick. There's too much potential with Adrian Colbert to pull him off the field. You're willing to go through some sophomore slumps with Adrian Colbert because he has Pro Bowl potential. The range and instincts he has are not coachable. I think Adrian Colbert had the second-best film of any member of the 49ers secondary behind Jaquiski Tart last season. Limited sample size, just like Jimmy Garoppolo, but... I can project that limited sample size into being pretty damn good in 2018. By the way, you follow Adrian Colbert on Instagram. I don't know if there's a 49er working out harder or more often than he is right now in Miami. He wants greatness. He wants to be a star football player and not just to be a star. He wants his film to speak for itself. He wants to be that vicious, hard hitter, the piece that really makes this defense go at the top. Earl Thomas has been a reason why Seattle was such a dominant scheme. That free safety has more on his plate than any football player. Adrian Colbert demonstrating abilities to play it at a high level. 12th best asset on this 49ers roster. 13, Kyle Juszczyk. I was hard on him to start the season. I thought that he would come in here and give this passing game life and that Brian Hoyer was going to be a serviceable quarterback. He really turned it around with Jimmy Garoppolo and became a downfield threat. And I think the reason why you didn't see the 49ers sign Jimmy Graham, Tyler Eifert, other tight ends, Kyle Juszczyk is their number two tight end. He is a different position. It's not just a fullback. They tried to make that clear. He's all over the formation. His ability as a pass catcher and blocker allows Kyle Shanahan to scheme things up and defenses not know really what's coming. When use checks in the game, it's half pass, it's half run. It gives Shanahan more versatility in his play calling. So that's a valuable piece that Kyle Juszczyk is. He's also great in the locker room too. He is one of the leaders of this football team. They paid him well. And I was kind of confused about the Jarek McKinnon signing because it's so similar to Juszczyk in essence. Hey, this is a piece we're going to throw to out of the backfield. Isn't that Juszczyk? But Juszczyk brings a ton of value. I would like to see him more involved in the goal line running game, like how he was in Baltimore. I remember a couple games against the Steelers. He was getting huge third down conversions for him there. But uh, I like Kyle Juszczyk's role. He's definitely been worth the signing. I think he'll have a pretty big 2018 And you're getting crazy here. I mean, 14 on this list. I have is Trent Taylor. I think he has potential to be one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. It's such a critical position. It's so annoying to compare him to the Cole Beasleys and the Danny Amendolas, Julian Edelmans, all those shifty, quick white receivers. It's exactly what he is, though, and it's at a high level. Six for 92 against Chicago in Jimmy Garoppolo's debut. It was Jimmy Garoppolo's first game. Who was he looking to most? Who was making the most big plays and moving him down the field? Trent Taylor. Um, It fell off a little bit. I mean, he was still getting 40, 50 yards, still getting in the end zone against Jacksonville. 
Trent Taylor, little guy, you look at him, uh, who is this guy? I mean, it's just one of those flyer picks. He panned out. Here's what to watch with Trent Taylor and why he's just not an automatic slam dunk because Kyle Shanahan loves quick, shifty receivers, and I bet one will be drafted, there'll be two undrafted guys, and they will play the best players. If they find someone more talented than Trent Taylor, which on the surface of things looks difficult, but he was a fifth-round pick. He did play 44% of the snaps last season when it was all rookies in a more competitive scenario. Is Trent Taylor your long-term slot receiver? Probably, but there's going to be competition added. He's going to have to fend those guys off. He's going to have to make plays in practice. He's going to have to study hard and prove he knows this offense. Kyle loves short, shifty receivers, so the, the fact that he's small is not going to hurt him in any shape or form, but I guess Trent Taylor, I envision him having a ton of success with Jimmy G. You just can't put it in Sharpie because of how they're going to build this football team. They're going to bring in competition at that position. 15, I've got Matt Breida. Had such a strong December, that big run against the Jaguars, an exclamation point Christmas Eve win. Came out the next week, I believe, and had 70 yards. His December numbers, if he did that over the course of a 16-game season, that would have been 748 rushing yards for Matt Breida. I think he goes with Jarrett McKinnick, kind of. I really liked Matt Breida as the pass catcher type of back and not more the in-between the tackles, but he can do the in-between tackles. If he's going to be your power back, he doesn't weigh that much, and I just worry about his durability, but... He's got talent. They didn't have to waste the draft pick on this guy. They identified him immediately after round seven was done, called this guy, said, hey, you you can make our football team and play next season. Matt Breida does exactly that. I say they're still going to draft a running back. I, I would draft a running back over a receiver in round three if it came to that. I think the running back class is a little bit deeper. I want a heavier back on this team, a 225-pound guy that's going to jack people over that you can use more in the red zone that could potentially push Joe Williams off the roster. So Matt Breida is firm. Those coaches knew early on um, he could play. 16, Akilah Witherspoon. I can see you guys saying I have him too low. Listen, you're feeling amazing. He's a solid starter for a third-round pick. That's a win as a draft pick. If he continues to develop and the Richard Sherman thing goes well and he learns a lot of tricks of the trade, he really didn't get burnt that often. There's no clips of him getting picked on. That was Dante Johnson with the 49ers who was just getting obliterated in December. Akilah Witherspoon held his own. I know a couple touchdowns he got beat on. He's got to improve his red zone coverage, but for the most part... He rebounded from Carlos Hyde trucking him last offseason and ended as one of the better players in the secondary. I've got him at 16. George Kittle, 17. Let's do this thing again. His December stats, if you do those over a 16-game season, that would have been 716 yards receiving. That would have been sixth in the NFL for tight ends. That's right under Delaney Walker. Uh, George Kittle is a freaking playmaker. He had a bunch of drop issues early in the year. He has durability issues, but again, on a fifth-round pick here, surveying the roster, yeah, he is included in your top 20 players. I think ultimately they do add some other type of tight end, but 
I've discussed this before. Kyle Shanahan likes having a blocking tight end out there, not two receiving tight ends. It gives it away too much with the play action. It's a scheme thing. You are going to have your Logan Paulsons, your Garrett Selleck's on this roster at all times. Kyle will make them effective in the pass game too because teams fall asleep with those guys. They think they're just blockers. It's it's a way to create gray area for a defense. So Kittle right now, I'd be I'd be shocked if the Niners picked a tight end in the first four rounds. I think they like Kittle. They can make it work, and they have other needs. And, and again, with Jimmy Garoppolo, he could potentially be a top six tight end in the NFL. That's your number one asset lifting up Kittle. Kittle could be much higher on this list next season is my prediction. I, th- I think he could be above Trent Taylor, Breida, but just judging on last season's film and his durability, I got him at 17. 18, you finally get to Jimmy Ward. Made a big transition to free safety last season. Was marred by injuries in training camp. Broke his arm. Forced him to miss the season from October moving forward. I still like him on the roster. I'm bouncing back and forth. I I would trade a fourth or a fifth round pick for him. But I think he's your backup free safety. He's your backup strong safety. He's your backup cornerback. He's your backup nickelback. What other player around the league can be a versatile chess piece and play all four positions? Jimmy Ward has experience everywhere. They're paying him $8 million last year of a contract. I think it's similar to an Eric Reed situation. You kind of know if you keep him, you're probably going to move on from him next season. But if there's an injury, instead of playing a Dante Johnson, you get to play a Jimmy Ward now. That's a valuable asset. Um, and... Again, you could turn that into a fourth or fifth round pick where you draft a Kittle or a Taylor and draft one of your own guys, but you need depth in the secondary, and there's a reason why the Niners were talking to Jalen Watkins and Deshaun uh, Sweet, however you say that guy's name. They're looking at backup corners here. They, you need you need help there. Richard Sherman is coming off Achilles. He's not going to be able to participate in everything until probably July. Jimmy Ward's valuable. He's not the best. He really kind of got screwed last season. I, I think he lost his position. You're going to have really good 49ers riders, Chris Biederman, other people saying Jimmy Ward might start at free safety. I don't, I don't think so at all. I think he's your backup everywhere, and you can live with that, but I'd still shop him during the NFL draft. 19, finally we get to him, Solomon Thomas. Listen, the film last year was not good. He's not a Leo. They came in here thinking that he could play a little bit of that. PFF had him as the number 92 Leo in the league. They threw him out there. He played 696 snaps, 61% of the snaps. Only Eric Reed, DeForest Buckner, and Dante Johnson played more snaps than this guy. He had 31 tackles, three sacks, and just five tackles for a loss. I mean, he, he was just a guy. He was just there, and... Missing all that time from Stanford, that hurt him some. It's hurt Joshua Garnett. I don't want to say it's a Stanford thing here, but I don't know. Solomon Thomas, he's definitely a valuable asset. He's the number three overall pick in last year's draft. The number three overall pick in this year's draft could be Saquon Barkley or Bradley Chubb, someone who we're projecting to walk in and dominate. Actually, excuse me, it's going to be a quarterback. Obviously now with the New York Jets, they traded up with the Colts. So the number three overall pick this year, Theoretically, he's going to have tremendous impact on his football team unless that quarterback sits the whole year. But point is, Solomon Thomas, we're waiting for it, dude. We are really, really waiting for it. You're supposed to be really high on this list. 
if John Lynch has made a big mistake so far, he hasn't made many. Solomon Thomas, I'm hoping the light bulb comes on. What stands out to me is that play with Kirk Cousins last year, getting your shoes shook on the goal line. Solomon Thomas can face a defender, but he, he hasn't been able to bring him to the turf as much. Like, And that is my problem here with all these advanced analytics. I'm definitely a big proponent of it, but to me, disruption on defense is not always a good thing. Solomon Thomas has gotten in the backfield quite a bit, but people get by him or it allows the quarterback to extend a play. So I don't know. I'm lining him up in the middle, and I guess he's a two-down player next to DeForest Buckner because you've got to rotate Earl Mitchell in there some too. I, I don't see him as an, as a 4-3 edge rusher. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm buying a Solomon Thomas jersey. Also, he is a great person in that locker room, works tremendously hard, wants to be the pro, sought out help from DeMarcus Ware. I mean, he's he's doing everything right. It's just the film did not look good, bro. I mean, if he was a fourth or fifth round pick, we'd been like, oh, okay, he's got potential. If he's a first round pick, not acceptable. 20 on this list, Kwan Williams, the nickelback. KK, as he was nicknamed in Cleveland, he had an 80.2 ranking in PFF. Again, not end-all, be-all. He's 26 years old, three-year, $8.5 million contract. Really flew under the radar last season. People were like, Kwan Williams, who is he? Jeff Halfley identified him. Yeah, that's, I mean, I have Jimmy Ward ranked above him just because of his versatility. Kwan can only play nickel, but nickel is so important. It's essentially a starting piece on this team. It's essentially as important as your Will linebacker, your Sam linebacker, your nickelback in the NFL has to be good. Kwan's physical, provides good coverage. He's on a fair contract. He's an asset to this football team. Honorable mention, Malcolm Smith, C.J. Beathard, you know, Kendrick Bourne, not really, though, because he didn't really get to play. I, Joshua Garnett hasn't showed us really anything to prove he's an asset yet. Lakin Tomlinson might not be starting. You, you signed Jonathan Cooper here. Yeah, I mean, you could say Eric Armstead, too, had kind of a good 2017 before he was out for the season. I think another trade candidate there. I think you can live without Eric Armstead. This Eli Harold nonsense. I love Joe Fan. I give him shout outs all the time. I don't think you can count on him as your pass rusher. I don't think he's a top 20 asset on this team. Yeah, I, I don't love the internal options. Cassius Marsh, not a top 20 asset yet on this team. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you just have a lot of Trent Taylor's, Matt Breida's, George Kittle's as top 20 players on your team that are still young. They could be much better, but it shows that this roster really needs more meat on it. Your top 20 players here are definitely good and have potential. This list is always going to change. And you're about to add 10 new players as well in the NFL draft. So 1 through 20, Jimmy G, Richard Sherman, DeForest Buckner, Joe Staley, Pierre Garcon, Ruben Foster, Marquise Goodwin, Jarek McKinnon, Weston Richburg, Jaquiski Tart. Those are your top 10. 11, Trent Brown, Adrian Colbert, Kyle Juszczyk, Trent Taylor, Matt Breida, Akilah Witherspoon, George Kittle, 18, Jimmy Ward, 19, Solomon Thomas, K1 Williams, 20. Those are your assets on the 49ers roster right now. Strengths are underneath passing, quarterback play. The secondary, I think, is actually shaping up to be a bigger strength than the front seven right now. You need pass rushing. You need a little more O-line depth. Another playmaker at receiver to challenge Trent Taylor, but 
there's no gaping hole on this team besides pass rush. I think you could walk into the season with Richard Sherman and Akilla Weatherspoon feel very comfortable about corner. Your safeties are good. Malcolm Smith, I don't want to start Brock Coyle. I would like to sign another linebacker there, but I guess that's okay. You don't have pass rushing. You, you just don't. And it's almost a priority. Now, I would love Denzel Ward, but trading down for Harold Landry, Marcus Davenport. This team is missing pass rusher. It's so sad because Solomon Thomas was predicted to be that guy. And I I think you might have to just count on him being a run-stopping first and second down defensive tackle. I don't know. I think that was an important exercise. I think the 49ers will do the same. What's in the refrigerator? Who are assets next season and beyond? Running a little long on this pod. Love you guys. KJ Podcast, The Faithful, My People. Informative NFL discussions. We just kind of broke down who's important headed into next season. We'll continue to provide you different NFL analysis. KJ Podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. I'm out. You've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just six bucks at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High fashion. Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.